Welcome to the Her Sweet Spot Experience, dishing out tips and tricks on mindset, money, marketing, and media for your life and business, and where we talk to women about how they found their sweet spot. Welcome to the Her Sweet Spot Experience. I'm your host, Marsha Guerriere. And on today's episode, we'll be talking with Casey Ann Gordon, NBA, CFP, and then there's a R, CDFA, R, CPA, Wealth Advisor. Okay, so you guys know you're going to learn a lot today. But you guys know how I like to start every episode giving you a little tips and tricks that I've learned along the way in this entrepreneurial game. Today's tip is all about money in honor of, I guess, for you and your business. Here's the tip. Diversify your investments. Then this, this didn't come from my guess. It came all from me. Once you start to see a good rate of return in your business as an entrepreneur, you need to think about investing in something other than your business, whether that is a property or the stock market or whatever, or another business, another person's business is essential that you have a portion of your money invested elsewhere. Some entrepreneurs were raking in big bucks one minute and overnight lost everything in their business. So guess what? They basically lost everything. Instead of having their money spread out into different sectors and industries and instruments. So you entrepreneurs out there, if you are beginning to rack in the dough, start diversifying your investments. All right, guys, here we go. We're going to get back. We're going to take a quick break and get back with our special guest, Casey Ann. We'll be right back. Her Sweet Spot is an online community for women influencers, leaders, and small business owners that offer coaching, education, resources, and networking opportunities for those looking to start or grow a business. We are the go-to incubator for success-driven solo CEOs who need their own team of C-suite coaches. Here's where she will find her sweet spot in mindset, money, marketing, and media. To learn more, visit www.hersweetspot.com. That's her, S-U-I-T-E, spot.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Her Sweet Spot Experience, bringing you amazing guests and content in mindset, money, marketing, and media. Get your pens and paper out because you never know when my guests will be dropping some real nuggets and those aha moments that you entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and solo CEOs need in your life. So let's get started. Let me tell you a little bit about today's Yes. Casey Ann is a seasoned professional who has worked in the financial industry for over 20 years. She is currently a wealth advisor at Claris Group. Most recently, Casey was part of an elite 13-person team at UBS where she spent almost 17 years providing financial guidance and investment strategies for the firm's ultra wealthy managing in excess of 500 million in investable assets 
Her clients consist of entrepreneurs, CEOs, CFOs, of, and CFOs of Fortune 500 companies. Wouldn't you want to be on that list? Prior to joining the team at UBS, Casey began her career in public accounting. She is an under she holds an undergraduate degree from Queens College, City University of New York in accounting and information systems. She also holds a master's in business administration from Fordham University and with a dual concentration in taxation and finance. In addition to her degree, Casey holds licenses as a certified public accountant, certified financial planner, and her insurance licenses and other industry license such as Series 7 and 66. Family and community are important to her. She currently serves as the chairperson for her church's finance and stewardship committee. She also teaches her church's youth Bible class. Casey is a blogger and a published author of Walking by Faith and Not by Sight, Learning to be Still in the Midst of Life's Chaos. She is a sought-after public speaker on both financial and faith topics. Casey enjoys being a mom, writing, reading, and traveling with her daughter. I'm so excited to welcome our guest today, Casey Ann Gordon. Welcome, Casey. Thank you, Marsha. It is such a pleasure to be here. And by the way, I loved, loved, loved that tip. Um, too often, we put all our eggs in one basket. And so if the basket breaks, guess what? All our eggs are broken. Right. So I love the diversification tip. And that goes not just for your business, but just in any financial endeavor as well. Absolutely. It, it doesn't even hold true just for entrepreneurs. It's really something that every person, every woman should really practice in their life, diversifying their money. The same way they diversify their spending habits, you know, how we spend, spend, spend. It's important to save in different, different areas. So... I want to get down to some business. Clearly, by the sounds of your bio and a little bit, a, a little bit of, of what I read today, you have either been destined for the financial industry or have, have always had a passion for numbers. Tell me and take us back to the beginning of how you got introduced or started in the finance industry. So I, I, I hear my bio being read, I'm like, who's that? Um, and it, it's always a, a little bit laughable. And sometimes when we look back at the history of it, it seems like it happened all at once, but it didn't. It happened over a series of the last 15 years or so, right? right. Um, so going back to somewhat of the beginning, um, in college, I was an undergrad in accounting. And I can't stress the importance of internship. I got an internship at UBS with that team. And from there, I worked with them for two and a half years. And in my mind, I'm going to be an accountant, right? At least I'm going to start there. So right. I always knew that I was going to get my CPA license. And then after that, I have no idea what was going to happen. So worked in um, my internship at UBS, really enjoyed it went out into public accounting and I spent two and a half years because I'm very exact. And then my former, now my former boss called me back and he said, listen, the firm is going to this 
um, wealth management model. I want you to come back, think about it, click. So I had the opportunity then to make a decision as to what was next. Do I stay in accounting, even though I knew I was not going to be there for much longer, or do I take up this opportunity that I'd been given? And so I took that opportunity and um, while I was there, I did all of the other things, whether studying on my own or just during, you know, I went to, I got my MBA during the night. I went to night school for four years. Um, one of the things that I always emphasize that whether you do something with the time or not, the time goes by. So, and wasn't until actually in the last year that I learned that I'm a high learner, hence all the degrees and certifications, just because I genuinely enjoy learning. Right. Um, so that's, that's how I got started. And I can't tell you that I knew that I was going to always be a financial advisor. However, I am good with numbers and just also my way of relating to people and understanding the bigger concepts and being able to explain those in a way that pretty much a lot of people would understand and making it simple. So you said a couple of really awesome things just now. You said you can't stress enough the importance of internship. And I think that is such great advice, especially for uh, maybe people that are somewhat new and, and probably just maybe coming out of college or just really changing careers altogether. An internship is one of the greatest ways to be like you introduced into something totally brand new right and right. and and i think that is up great and like you said the opportunity presented itself and it's important that we don't don't like snooze at opportunities right absolutely and you um, also mentioned that you used you were good with numbers so you knew that you were going to use that skill set you had numbers to go into a numbers field? I think so. Um, what that looked like when I was 20 or 22, I had no idea, right? Right. Um, but the type of work that you start out doing in accounting when you're looking to get your CPA license is auditing. And it does not have a lot of, it has people contact, but not that level of people contact that I need. And now that I know myself more, um, I realized that that was, and that's one, that's one of the points that my former boss used. He's like, that's not your personality, right? And you have to know right. kind of who you are, even in the early stages. Um, and even going back to the internship, sometimes you're going to take opportunities because they're opportunities. They may not be paying you what you would like or hope, but because it presents itself as such a learning um, experience. Right. And don't burn bridges. You never know. Um, which bridge you're going to need to cross at some other point. You know, I never, I, I did not think I was going to go back. It was not something that I even thought of, but I ended up going back and, spend, and spending 14 years there. Wow. Don't burn your bridges. And so my next question and something I wanted to get into is just like, let's fast forward to now and the transition you made from corporate America to being your own boss. So, you know, we do know that, you know, other than the freedom of being your own boss, was there something or uh, that really, really propelled you to say, I gotta leave and do my own thing? Or was it just, okay, I've done this for a number of years? Or what was it that led you into 
full-time entrepreneurship? So, so many things that you just said. Um, <laughs> yes, it was, you know, I have a, I have a daughter, so I wanted to be able to have the flexibility of life that I didn't think I really had in the way I needed it. Um, the, I think the culture had changed over the years in my team and I wanted something different. And I say that very cautiously, but you know, but the truth. So, um, and just, I think the flexibility of life and also to be able to create something to say that I, I, I grew that, you know, and you know, when God tells you it's time to do something, you better do it or you're going to basically figure it out the hard way. Right. So I felt like God had said, it's time to move on. It's time to do something new. Um, so it, it wasn't something that I said, oh my gosh, I'm going to become an entrepreneurship. As a, I think a single parent, it's easy to want to have that comfort zone thing where you're getting paid and you have an, a steady income and it's, scary to take that jump and leave now to go create something else um that you're basically starting from scratch absolutely especially as a single mom you know we share that same thing how old is your daughter she's seven. Oh, she's right uh ahead two years ahead of josh my josh she's five so uh they're the real bosses we know <laughs> absolutely the truth <laughs> we know that for sure so it did you find as a mom you became and and i say this um from my own experience you became more invested in in yourself and, and, and the legacy you were building for your child and, and like I feel like I added more to my life. Like I must accomplish more at this stage after becoming a mom and doing it so late in life. So do you find that you, you had that same experience as a mom? So I was already just doing so many things and I, I think I just did it without even consciously knowing that I was doing it, right? right. But for me, one of the things that propelled was I wanted to be that mom who could have the flexibility to be at her um, school play in the middle of the day without having to take a day off. Right. Right. I just wanted to be able to have that freedom. If she needed to go to the doctor, she got sick to not worry about, Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to call out. I'm going to have to do whatever it is. So for me, it was just the ability to spend more time for, with her mm -hmm. and having her know that, okay, she is one of literally one of the most important people in my life. And it, it wasn't going to be work um, where I'm rushing out every morning and I'm rushing back to pick her up at the end of the day. And it was, it, it just became too much. Right. Um, and so I wanted to have her know, and, and the last seven or eight months had, has made such a world of a difference in our, in our relationship. Wow. That is so awesome. I, I, I have so many questions for you. I need to learn more about the different facets of your life. And I'm so intrigued about your um, faith-based living and, and you becoming a writer through something that wasn't something that you've um, crafted for so many years. So now we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna come back and we're gonna get into all things KCN. 
We'll be right back. You're listening to the Her Sweet Spot Experience. Welcome back to the Her Sweet Spot Experience. We are here with our guest, Casey Ann. Let's get back into it. So you shared about your beginnings as a financial advisor uh, for huge corporations working with some of the, what did, what did we say, um, ultra wealthy people that you were working for um, and working with, right? And then through to entrepreneurship. Then we transitioned to, we talked a little bit about motherhood, but now I want to talk to you about your personal passions, right? And Mm -hmm. I think that comes through as a blogger. May I ask you, when you decided to become a blogger and to start expressing yourself through writing, what led you to uh, not write about um, finance? Or did you start writing about finance? Or was it um, first faith-based writing? How did you start as a blogger? So do you want a good laugh? Yes, I love a good laugh. Everybody knows. So um, I had not written in a very long time. And I I only wrote for myself, not to share with anyone. Mm -hmm. I started complaining to God about a particular situation. And he said, okay, now do something with it. I'm like, who, what? And I came up with all the excuses under the sun. And I remember actually thinking that this morning, like, Two o'clock in the morning, struggling with God. I'm like, God, I I can't believe that you would want to use me to share to share stuff with your people. Like, I I, I can't get that. And right. so through sheer obedience, because can I tell you, I came up with every single excuse under the book. Okay. I got sent to read Exodus how many times because. I was coming up with the excuses and I think God wanted me to see something that it wasn't about the excuses or me. And so I reluctantly started this blog and it has been literally one of the biggest blessings in my life. I've been writing for three and a half years. And again, it just started out of obedience to what I felt I was being called to do. And finance never even crossed my mind to write about when I started writing. It was one topic at a time. And I'm going to share this because it came up at the end of the year. So again, I've been writing for three and a half years. And on my blog, there's uh, almost, like I, I wouldn't say over 270 posts, wow. right? Which is incredible when you think of, or the way I describe myself is I'm not a writer. I'm not a writer. I'm not a speaker. <laughs> I'm not any of those things. But through um, obedience and consistency, I've been able to publish a book and do just so many other things. And I think when, when God sees that we're trustworthy in one area, he allows us to experience more of him. Yes. Do you know what that means? Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. So it wasn't, I don't think if I acted with obedience to start writing that I would have been able to get the other instruction to leave my job and actually say, okay, I'm going to leave this this job that's pretty secure. I, I've been with the team for a long time. They trusted me. They know what I'm doing, whatever else. Now to go do something completely, something I love, by the way, but completely right. out of, of, of my comfort zone of saying, I'm going to do this new business. Right. It is through 
the work and through, I'm telling you, I know, and I, I, I myself often question why I do some of the things I do. And I know it is because he leads you down that path. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not for us to question. It is for us to obey, as you said, and be obedient and to do the work. And the more you do the work without question, the more you you reap the benefits of everything that surrounds you. So I just love what you just said. Um, and it makes absolute perfect sense. And so congratulations on <laughs> now being an author we can add that to your bio even though um, I'm actually writing so I'm laughing I'm sitting over here laughing because the next book I'm writing I'm doing a second devotional and it's called walking in obedience and taking one step at a time something along those lines and I'm just like if you don't take that one step to get you to the next step um and girl I could preach a whole sermon on this because it's such a passion as I've seen it and experienced in my own life. Yeah. So taking that, those steps of obedience. So entrepreneurs, if you're listening and you feel like you're being called to either something or even to start being an entrepreneur, um, step out on faith and see what God has in store for you. Even with no understanding, even without knowing, is this going to be success? What, what is this I'm walking into, right? right. It, wasn't, it wasn't what I had planned, but you know what he says about plans, right? He laughs uh, at them. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> So even though it's not something that you have planned, uh, it's, a, it's important to, to be obedient and to be, and so I love your book title, Walking by Faith, Not by Sight, Learning to Be Still, in the midst of life's chaos. Tell me what the book is about and really what people will learn from reading this book. So it's a 45 day devotional and it's spending quiet time. And I think especially in our culture, we're so busy, we're overstimulated. We always have to be on the go. And I, I, I told you before that it was a two o'clock in the morning conversation where God said, okay, I want you to do this thing. Mm-hmm. And it's only when we slow down enough that we can really hear God's voice in his, in his instructions, right? Right. So when we're constantly on the go, we're likely going to miss the signs and the cues that he's giving us. But when we start slowing down and having quiet time, like really meaningful quiet time with God, and it doesn't have to be an hour, it's it's entirely up to you, right? Right. So um, the readings are short. They're two to three minutes each. And it gives you a, a, a prayer, a scripture, and a thought to ponder. So it allows you to become a part of the process mm-hmm. for whatever the thought that was shared um, for that particular day. It's you're now able to think about it in, in response to your own life and to write that down for yourself. And again, because let's, let's go back to the Bible, Habakkuk 2 2 says write it down, write, write the vision. So sometimes um, we have things that we want to do or, and goal setting. I know you're doing the Envision thing coming up. Yes. And it's all about writing things down. So when we look back at it, we can see, oh my goodness, yes. I either accomplished this or I, I accomplished more than I even had set for myself. Right. And to be able to go back and refer to the thing that God told you two or three years ago 
for you to see it coming to fruition now, right? right? So I've become such a big believer in writing things down and writing everything down because I know that my my frail human mind is going to forget some of the things that have happened and the experience of experiences that I've had in the last couple of years. Absolutely. I know that um, Oprah teaches taught us many, many years ago all about journaling and she really helped bring that to mainstream. And, you know, one of the things that was important to me, I was always a planner, 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 goal setter, goal setter, and, and, and keep it in my faith. And knowing that everything that was happening to me was a direct result mm-hmm. of either being obedient or that it happened by the manifestation through God, like all of my right. prayers, all of the things that I said to him in positivity had come true and keeping that positive, open spirit. Um, so I, I love this, uh, this book and I look forward to sharing the next book with everyone. And I think it's important that people find an instrument like this that will help them, um, really stay faithful while trying to do so much. And it's important that we do become still in the midst of our chaos. So that is great. So how do you, uh, do you merge the, the two worlds of yours? How do you combine or couple your financial uh, uh, work that you do with your faith? And do they ever kind of come together? So funny you should ask that. Uh, so last year I started working with a coach as I was, and highly recommend coaches, and I know you're one. Um, mm-hmm. I started working with a coach last year as I was in the midst of trying to figure out what my next step was, right? Right. And how it was going to play out and figure out, just figure out life um, on a whole. I've done what I did for many, many years. And one of the things he said to me is, have you thought about putting the two together? And for me, it had never really occurred because working in corporate America with the types of clients that we took care of, it was not something that I could really bring my faith into. Correct. Right. So I kept always kept finance separate. And then in the last few years, as I started writing and sharing on faith topics, it wasn't even a thought that, oh my gosh, these two. But when I get asked the question now, what sets me apart? It's because I bring that faith aspect to it. So I'm going to teach you about finances, but if you're open to it, I'm also going to teach you from a faith perspective. Yes. Right. So bringing it all together. So now I've, I've started going to, and I've gone to a couple of churches where I talk about faith and finance together. I do a 20 minute sermonette kind of presentation. And then I open the forum to answering and then make it into a workshop where I'm answering all these questions about pretty much anything you want to talk about finance related. I think that's so Excellent. And I find that in today's world of um, social media and fast information, we are sharing so much and so many things that are just not awesome to read and to see that incorporating faith into our purpose, into our everyday life, no matter what it is, you need to learn and, and, and keeping that at the forefront of what we do is so important. That's why I created the Plan, Pray, Prosper products that I have. And, and that's why I, I would have, if you told me no, I would have said, okay, you know, <laughs> I, I, went in, I would go into coach mode and say, listen, 
this is what we got to get going now because people need this. They need to understand how their lack of respect for, for money and their, their financial foundation is a direct disobedience to God. So let me not go into it any further. <laughs> I think get the two of us together in a room and we're going to start preaching. <laughs> and I say all the time, I, I'm, I'm so not, um, a preacher. I am, I am trying to learn, I'm going to say positively, I'm trying to learn how to be better at uh, memorizing things and scripture being one of them. That's why I created my planner for myself when I did, because I needed, I'm planning, but I'm also trying to read the Bible and trying to uh, um, pray on the things that I am, uh, you know, uh, um, envisioning for my life. And so I needed that tool. And because I couldn't, and I, my friends were like prayer warriors and they would, you would hit your toe and they'd come up and just say, Lord God, let's just bow our heads. And they would give you the best prayers, right? Mm-hmm. For any situation. And, and so I, I just, I love when I'm surrounded by faith-based women. And it but really guess what, Marsha? We all have different gifts. I would never consider myself a prayer warrior, but let me get up there and talk about finance yes and faith and put them together and the mm-hmm. word mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i want before we before we you know I, we could sit and talk i told you we could sit and talk forever right <laughs> <laughs> we get into it i get into it and, and i just love i knew this conversation would just be so amazing mm-hmm. um i do want to get some tips and advice from you that you would and can give to the business women and, and aspiring business men and women, because everyone listens, um, who think that one, maybe becoming an author is not their thing because they, they, they don't see how important it is um, to their lives and to maybe their business in general. And um, taking that leap of faith and going full-time as an entrepreneur. Okay, um, so let's start with the first question. So as I shared before, sometimes we think we're writing for ourselves and we're not. Um, we have a wider audience out there, but I would highly suggest start writing for yourself. And depending on your content, whatever else, get it professionally edited, invest the money and get it edited and see, get feedback also from your friends and those who really support you or around you. Cause I don't know if I, even though I felt the call to write without having the support of people encouraging me, especially in the very early days when I'm like, what am I doing? I'm sharing my personal life. This private, private person, that was my, right. one of my excuses by the way, is now sharing my life publicly um, with people and opening myself up to being judged. And so when I shared it, people actually were, they just helped me along the process so much and made me realize that there is a need for my experiences and for me to show my experiences, right? Mm -hmm. And to share that with others. And now having done it for so long, I get a lot more feedback than I did in the early stages. But if I were writing for other people in the early stages, I could not have kept writing because the feedback was few and far in between. Right. Right. So you have to know why you're writing and be consistent about it. Right. Um, and then 
for the entrepreneur who's out there who's thinking of becoming an entrepreneur i would not have been able to make this jump without planning right and you and i are both planners so mm -hmm. we sit there we figure out how to do it yes god said do it but god like can we talk about this right and then you realize that the planning that you had been doing for many years before is coming back to play now and all of a sudden some of the things that you were concerned about it's like oh god says remember that thing we were doing back then oh okay this is where you're going to be able to use it now yeah so you see where setting yourself up with the right foundation make sure as especially coming from a financial perspective finances play a huge part into whether you're able to do things make sure your credit is in order and then not just for your personal credit but it also impacts your business credit so there are tools out there and free resources um especially in new york city that will allow you and help you to how do you create a business um credit profile and all the different things and there's so many learning resources i think new york city um we um organization i think women um entrepreneurs um their score that offer free mentorship um throughout so there are just lots of free so resources for you to get your hands on so i definitely highly recommend it and your business you will know what your business needs are in a way um those services don't necessarily apply to me in a large regards because i already know a lot of the finance stuff um but there are i i've been able to meet lots of great people through the programs otherwise yes and network 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 okay this is this is the perfect time for a quick break right now we're going to take a break for the her sweet spot mindful moment with natasha nurse we'll be right back with our guest kcn you're listening to the her sweet spot experience here is your mindful moment Welcome to the next Mindful Moment with me, Natasha Nurse, your innovation coach with Her Sweet Spot and the content creator behind Dressing Roommate. Today, we're talking about four ways to boost your confidence. So first, choose to be confident. Everything in life is a choice. If you follow the law of attraction, you know this and live this as your truth. You can easily choose to be confident as you can easily choose to not feel confident. Confidence is a choice. It's a daily journey that you go on with yourself. But if you want to be confident, you first have to step into the presence of I want to be confident. I am feeling confident. And then you can make decisions and live out a confident life. Next, create a personalized confidence daily boost regimen for yourself. What do I mean by this? There are things that we do in life that make us feel more confident. So whether it is dressing a certain way, whether it is working out, whether it is reading certain content, spending time with people, listening to things, there are things that boost your confidence, that make you feel more capable and more beautiful and more energized in your life. Then you've got to have that set in your schedule as a daily confidence boost time so that you can feel confident each and every day. We, like anything else in life, confidence is a journey, but it requires work. So you've got to put in the time and put in the effort to feel confident, to feel capable, to feel beautiful. 
Next, eliminate people and activities that reduce your confidence. So whether it's TV shows, whether it's magazines, whether it's people in your family, people who you've been friends with just for a very long time, and you just, you can't kind of get get the the courage to say, you know what, this person makes me feel bad, I, I'm, I'm done. Guess what? If you never eliminate those people and activities out of your life that are reducing your confidence, then you're always going to struggle with your confidence. So if you are tired, you are ready for a new way of feeling and living in your life, then you are ready to get started today and saying no say no to these people, say no to these situations that bring you down and tell them exactly why you will not be tolerating this in your life anymore. You deserve to feel as confident, as beautiful, as capable, as amazing as you really are. All right, so let's recap. What are the four ways to boost your confidence? Choose to be confident is one. Setting the choice and and setting the intention to be confident is half the battle. Next, Create a personalized confidence daily boost regimen for yourself so that that journey is a lot easier because you're spending the time and putting in the work each and every day. Eliminate the people and activities that reduce your confidence and say no to these same people or these same situations that are bringing you down. Standing up for yourself is one of the best ways to feel confident and to feel like you are more than enough and that you don't have to apologize for being yourself because you are amazing just the way that you are. Now, this concludes this mindful moment with your her, her sweet spot innovation coach, Natasha Nurse. If you want to connect with me, learn more about my platform, visit dressingroom8.com. This was brought to you by Her Sweet Spot Experience, the podcast that will change your life and business in ways you can't even imagine. Subscribe and follow at hersweetspot.com. So Casey, and now is the time where I like to bring to you something, an article that I read online in our In the News segment. And I just want to get your feedback and your take on some of the things that I'm reading online and what they're teaching people out there (laughs) on the World Wide Web. Are you ready? Absolutely. All right, let's go for it. So according to an article in www.fool.com, I think that's the Motley Fool um, website. Here are five retirement tips for 2020 and beyond that people almost nearing retirement or people going towards retirement should think about. Number one, they say you should take advantage of catch-up contributions. In the article, they write, if retirement is on your radar, it probably means that milestone isn't all that far away, usually happens when you start thinking about retirement. If that's the case and your savings aren't up to par, then it's time to get serious about boosting them. What are your recommendations for people that are either nearing retirement or what What do you advise in terms of catching up your contributions? So even before we get to the ones who are nearing retirement, let me step back a little bit. I will definitely answer that question though. Um, Start planning as early as you can. So if you're in your 20s, start planning. If you haven't started in your 30s, start planning. The earlier you start contributing, the more it has an opportunity to grow. 
So you haven't been able to accumulate and put away as much as you'd like. And now um, the catch-up contribution, there's an age on that. So over 50, so I think the rationale behind it is you've already paid a lot of the expenses for your kids. Now you might have extra money. Um, the government allows you to put away, and depending on the saving, the retirement saving people, mm-hmm. they allow you to put away either. I think it's it was five thousand last year. I'll, I'll double check that number. I think it um, went to seven thousand. Right. So I'll double check what that number is. So it increases um, every few years to adjust for inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, and in an IRA, I, it was like a thousand dollars. So it depends on what the saving. Uh, tool that you're using that allows you to put away that extra money. I highly recommend it because even if you're able to put away, let's let for ease of math, use uh, $5,000. If you're able to do an additional, and by the way, this is on top of you maxing out already what you're doing, right? So hypothetically in 2020, you're at $20,000 that you're able to put away. Um, So you're able to now put away $25,000. That extra $5,000 of um, catch-up contributions, over 10 years, that's an extra 50000 And that money, if the market's going up, if you're in a good economy, good markets, it's, it's increasing. Yes. Excellent. Number two of the five retirement tips for 2020 and beyond, according to full.com, is know how to invest your retirement savings. The article says the closer you get to leaving the workforce, the less aggressive your retirement investment should be. The reason, if the market tanks heavily in the near future, you may not have the time to recover from losses before you need to start taking withdrawals from savings. What do you say about that? So, um, that's standard um, guidelines and it makes a lot of sense. But if clients don't have a lot of money in the retirement and they have a lot of personal assets, mm-hmm. which might happen, especially if you're an entrepreneur and you weren't putting away in, um, you weren't really putting away in your retirement, but you had money saved in personal name, you might not need to do that. But ordinarily, yes, you want to be uh, less aggressive as you get older, because especially if you need that money, you don't want the market to have a decline like it did in 2008, and you're going to need the money in the next year or two. So yes, you want to start looking to potentially um, reduce your risk, um, your exposure. Right. All right. Thank you. So number three, mm-hmm. not the Five retirement tips for 2020 and beyond, according to fool.com, is sock away funds for future healthcare costs. They say there's a good chance healthcare will be your greatest expense once you leave the workforce. That's because you'll be on the hook for medical premiums and deductibles, and you'll also need to grapple with the coverage gaps many seniors face. That's why it's wise to set aside funds specifically for healthcare purposes. And to this this end, a health savings plan or HSA is a good bet. Before I turn it to you, let me just say, I so agree with this because I have been, and, and it's something that it's important people start talking more about because it, at work, I, I get the option of doing a flex spending or this um, health savings account. 
And for years, I've opted for the flex spending. And then it's a use it or lose it. So you wind up like this past year, I wind up having money left over. So I started purchasing frivolous stuff because I didn't want to lose it and give it away to the government. So I purchased things that were probably unnecessary. I got extra dental work. So that kind of worked out for me. But had I had this savings account, I could have banked it, right? What are your thoughts on the health savings accounts? Can I tell you, it has been one of my savers now as someone who transitioned from corporate to um, to entrepreneurship as I've considered my own medical costs. Yes, please. So it, like you said, the flex spending, if you don't use it by a certain date, you're going to lose it, right? So you end up having to buy just something so that you're not losing your money. Right. However, uh, for an HSA, and it's only available if you're in a high deductible plan, so it's yeah. not a- available to everyone. But if it is available to you, I highly recommend it, and I highly recommend um, maxing it out because it gives you a tax deduction. So if you're putting in money pre-tax, um, and also you're able to accumulate these funds that rolls over year after year after year, and then you're able to take it with you when you leave the company. That's the best part. Taking it with you, yeah. Yep. So, thank you. Number four, uh, the five retirement tips for 2020 and beyond, according to fool.com, is boost your social security benefits. Though you shouldn't plan to live on Social Security alone in retirement, those benefits could serve as a sizable income stream for you. Boosting them, therefore, is something something it pays to do. The more you earn during your career, the higher your benefits stand to be since they're calculated based on lifetime earnings. So don't grow complacent at work just because your career is winding down. That's pretty sound advice. And I've never heard it in that perspective before because I do know many people that are just happy to have the level of job that they have and the salary that they have. They think it's fine and enough for them. But wanting more and having more of a higher income helps you with your retirement. Absolutely, because it's based on an average of your lifetime earning and there's some calculation for it, right? But also to that end, if you can wait to start taking Social Security, if you know that you have um, in your family, there's longevity, you want to wait until full retirement age because at that point, you're able to get out the maximum. And now if you wait until 72, there's no benefit to waiting until 72 as opposed to 70. So if you're able to actually wait um, until age 70 to take it, mm-hmm. uh, you will be able to take out the max or receive the max that they're going to give you well, as opposed to when it becomes available to you at whatever age it is, either 62. And I, I know they're changing some of the rules. Um, in the past, it was 62 that you're able to take it out, uh, but yeah. it or reduced and then it's a lifetime reduction of that smaller dollar amount that you get. Okay, great advice. I need to go have my a conversation with my aunt. She's seven, about to be 72 and still working. Just get her off that work train. <laughs> uh, I'm happy to have a conversation with your aunt too. Um, but also just 
looking at Social Security, I believe you can start collecting it even if you're working. Uh, yes. So something I did here as well. All right, well, we're gonna have a, a little chat with Auntie. So number five of the five retirement tips for 2020 and beyond, according to fool.com, is start thinking about what you want to do with your time in retirement. Many seniors retire only to wind up bored and miserable. Even if they're not leaving the workforce just yet, Think about the ways you want to spend your days once your career comes to a close and determine whether you have enough savings to support those goals. Like traveling, for example, may be a good way to spend your golden years, but if you don't have enough money in your IRA or 401k to repeatedly globe trot, it could pay to postpone retirement a few more years to boost your savings. What do you think? Absolutely. I, that is one of the first things I talk about when I do a retirement planning seminar, mm -hmm. because when you're planning for retirement, it's not just from a financial perspective. It's like, okay, you've gotten up and you've gone to a certain job or worked for say 45 years. Now, what are you going to do the day after? Well, maybe you'll enjoy the first day or week or month of not going anywhere, but how will your mind handle not going anywhere and having that same routine that you've had for so long. Right. So it's so important. It's, I think it's almost as vital as planning from a financial perspective to plan how you're going to live in retirement. And many people will either continue working. And that's probably one of the reasons your aunt is still working because she enjoys doing it. If that's the choice, that's absolutely your choice, but you need to mentally plan Will I travel? How will I sustain this cost of traveling? Um, you know, and all the different things, like do I want to have a, um, be a snowbird, go to Florida for six months? So these are all things that you have to plan for. And I, I can't emphasize enough that this is just as important as planning from a financial perspective, what you will do with your time in retirement. Right. I, I think I was in my, my 30s when I decided I needed to start my nonprofit organization for my retirement, believe it or not. Um, wow. So I'm a nonprofit. And I said, you know what? I, and I also started it to also give my, my mom and her, my aunt uh, something to look forward to, you know, you right. guys could have your own organization doing the things you love. And right. yet there, my mom just retired. And now, um, and she didn't want to, and they told her, you're, you're, we're, you're paying us to work here. Wow. <laughs> Go to retirement. <laughs> wow. And so even after she learned that she, it still took her a year or so before she did retire. And now she's happy, but she does have that feeling of, okay, what am I doing now? Now she's taking care of young Joshua. So she's got a, she's got a little gig <laughs> going on for her now. And, I mean, and she can do so much, you know, when she's not taking care of little Joshua, like, you know, he's in school some part of the day. Does she want to volunteer? Is there a, a, an, either an organization that she wants to work with or um, maybe a section of the population that she's very passionate about helping? So there's so many different things that you can think about how you want to spend your time in a way that makes you feel satisfied and the benefit is that you're not doing it five days a week from nine to five or whatever your hours are you can set your own hours 
to do the things that you enjoy if it means three days a week or two days but you have something to look forward to well i look forward to my retirement life and i am hopefully doing some of the right things i I probably need to add extra to my uh, 401k because i i did use some of that money to purchase my first home many many years ago so i probably have some catching up to do um and now's the time for me to start thinking about it so i appreciate you for chatting with me today and taking the time to give us some feedback and tips on how to plan for retirement you're welcome it's my absolute pleasure so before before I let you go, tell us how and where we can find you, all social media platforms. How can we find your book? How can we um, hit you up for a consultation for our retirement planning? I'll start with that first. Um, my website is uh, www.clarusfinancial.com. Um, and there are three uh, uh, advisors, so if you look at it, it'll be uh, easy to find me there. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, uh, Casey and Gordon, K-A-Y-S-I-A-N, last name Gordon, G-O-R-D-O-N. And my book is on Amazon. You can search by my name or you can search by the title of my book. So easy to find. There's the e-version and then there's the hard copy that'll be mailed to you in a few days. However. Um, for the e-copy you don't you're, you're not able to write in it right and then facebook i'm very creative here right so my yeah. facebook is just my name casey and gordon um and you know i share weekly from my blog there as well um which is casey k-a-y-s-i-g-o-r-d-o-n.com um and i i just enjoyed this this phase of my life very much Awesome. Thank you so much. And I look forward to learning and hearing more about your new book. And we'll bring that to you guys when uh, that is ready to be released. So you guys know how I love to end each show. Remember, when we empower each other, we all rise. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week on the Her Sweet Spot Experience. Make sure to visit our website, www.hersweetspot.com. That's her, S-U-I-T-E, spot.com, where you can become a member of our growing community and get great content for your life and business. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. We are your strategic partners to grow your business.